heard. I know our numbers are a bit smaller today. There's several that have, are at home following online, a lot of health concerns. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, as a lot of people have been working through this, the symptoms of this sickness, but I praise God that he's given us grace through this. Um, and he is walking us through this. So thank you for being here today. A couple things are going to happen right now. First of all, I'm going to invite any and all first through third graders that would like to head upstairs, head back to Miss Danielle. Parents, if you have not signed in your kids, this is a great time to also go with Miss Danielle upstairs to sign them in um, so we can keep track of them and uh, for safety benefits as well. Thank you, Miss Danielle and Miss Jen back there as well. Thank you so much. Please take your Bibles this morning. This wonderful book that you brought here today, inspired by God, sufficient for every need in our lives. Would you take that Bible this morning and go to Romans chapter 5? While you're turning, I know Griff so eloquently shared with us some wonderful announcements this morning. Um, but I will just mention this as a reminder, all teens in this group, by the way, teens a lot of times migrate up there, so I'm going to talk to you teens up there, who I know are listening to every word I say. Um, this Wednesday, thumbs up, man, there's a bunch of thumbs up up there. Um, this Wednesday, we will gather teen group in the teen ministry room. Um, and we will meet from 6 to 7.15. So even though a lot of our studies are kind of put on hold till October, we are still going to meet with our teen group on Wednesday night to launch that. So parents, please have your kids, your teens, not kids, your teenagers. Need to clarify that. Here at 6 o'clock on Wednesday night. Also, just a church reminder, there will be no pig feasting this evening. As Griff has told you, just a reminder. Um, we're putting that off till October. So if you come today ready to enjoy um, something that would not have been enjoyed in the Old Testament of scriptures, uh, that will not happen this afternoon, this evening. All right, let's go to Romans chapter 5 and the study today. We're going to pick up right where we left off last week. Last week we kind of touched and go, went on, I better start this. Thank you for the reminder up there. We, we touched into Romans 5. And today we're going to continue this on our journey through Romans. Um, we did sort of break the pattern a bit. If you didn't notice, I know some are following a little more closely to the study, but we did skip an entire chapter, Romans 4. But take heart, do not fear. Lord willing, we'll return to that next week, Romans 4. And what do we find in Romans 4? We find a wonderful example of exactly what we're talking about uh, in this justification. But today, nonetheless, we're going to continue on what we studied last week. We're going to look at justification's values, these wonderful benefits given to us through this concept of justification. We'll be continuing this discussion on that word. You see twice on the screen, justification. We'll be looking at Romans 5, 1 through 11, and very quickly, let's review this, and it will be quick today. What is this word, justification? The sort of Christianese word that we throw out there and kind of expect that we all understand what it means. What does it mean? Well, we've gone through this the last month or so, and so a brief review is this. This word justification is a legal term, and it means this. It is a declaration of, of righteousness. 
It is describing the acquittal of the guilty. If you look in Romans chapter 3, verse 20 and 24 and 28, you find this word highlighted. It means someone who at one time was, was absolutely guilty. There's no wiggle room around this guilt. This person who was guilty, something has happened in their life where now they can be declared righteous. And so that's what we've been walking through. We, we had to walk through this concept in the first couple chapters of our Bible is why do we need this? Why do you need justification? Well, clearly, chapter 118 to chapter 3, verse 20, we find that we need this because the, it is very clear, the guilty verdict is very clear, every single human being ever born into this world other than Jesus Christ is guilty before a holy God. And because of this guilt, they are, we are all condemned. But then another question comes from this is, okay, well, how is God Almighty going to fix this? We talk of this. How is God going to set this right? In the first chapter of your Bible, you find this sin. In the third chapter of your Bible, Genesis 3, you find an exposure of the gospel, the first rendering of the gospel, and God says, I am going to set this right through a rescuer. And so as we walk through Romans, here's the question. How is God going to fix this? How is a righteous God going to make an unrighteous person righteous but do it in a righteous way? That's the story of Romans. Well, chapter 3, verses 21 through 25, the heartbeat of the book of Romans tells us exactly how he's going to do this. It is by his grace alone. It is in Christ alone. And it is by faith alone. That is how God is going to justify Here's a question that comes from that then. Why? Why did he do any of that? By the way, modern cults, world religions, they struggle with that why. Not only did they struggle with the how, but the why. And very clearly in Romans 3, chapter 25, or verse 25 to verse 31, we find why. Here's why he did this. It was to display his own righteous glory. Why did he do this? to display his glory. But now, very practically, what, what does this mean for you and me? We've got some pretty thick theology we're going through in this book. What does justification mean for you when you get up on a Monday morning? How does this look? Through the fact that, I mean, we don't live in this world that Every day looks so peachy and wonderful. Sure, we have expressions of God's common grace. Just look around us. But we live in a broken world full of sin and pain, death. That's the world we still live in. So what does this mean for the world we live in right now? Or is this justification just something that's good for pastors to get up and preach about on Sunday morning and for seminary students to just wrap their brains around and have wonderful discussions? No, I would suggest that from this text, what Paul is doing is saying this, no, justification is good for you on Monday morning. Justification has shoes on. 
Justification means something for you through the pain that you're going through right now, through sickness and through that impending uh, surgery, through what's coming up in two months that you know is going to be ugly for you. Justification means something for all of that. And I think it it just exposes itself in these 11 verses. So I know Griff read the first five. We're going to read them again. And would you join me this morning and let's just wrap our minds around 11 of the most wonderful verses in, in all of Scripture talking about this value of justification. Would you follow along as I read Romans chapter 1 or 5 verses 1 through 11? It's on the back of your handout if you can't find it on your device or in your Bible. Verse 1, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Verse 3. Not only that, but we, re- we rejoice in suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Verse 6, For while we were still weak, At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. Verse 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? More than that, and here's 11, kind of the capstone of this whole discussion. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Okay, that's a lot. We're going to unpack it. Hold on. But as we unpack it, we want to see this key truth rise to the top, to the surface. Here's the key truth. Through justification, all true believers experience valuable benefits. In Romans 5, 1 through 11... Paul is putting on display these valuable benefits. These valuable benefits even in the world that you live in right now. The brokenness of the world that you have to wake up in tomorrow and you have to go to work in this broken world. These valuable benefits mean something for you right here, right now. Thinking about this and this week, I got a messed up imagination sometimes. (laughs) But I think about all the ways in our, in our lives where we try to explain something of value to us. And these are absolutely ridiculous illustrations, but it's kind of like a dad on his new motorcycle trying to explain to his son how awesome this thing is. It's like the mom showing off 
all the bells and whistles on her new appliance that actually finally got one that works. It's like that middle school girl displaying all the apps on her new phone that she won't be addicted to. It's like that young lady revealing the pretty new diamond on her finger and the date on her calendar. And to watch her explain the details of this, she just lights up. It's like the dude that's been saving for five years for this truck. You know what it's like. Finally buys this truck and he can't, every single friend that comes over, it takes 20 seconds for him to pop the hood and show him everything about this truck. And look at this, and look at this, and look at this, and listen to this. Okay, when I'm in Romans 5, these are ridiculous, right? But when I get to Romans 5, I see that this is what's happening. Like all these expressions of, I gotta tell you about something amazing. That's Paul in Romans 5. He said, okay, it's gotten real dark. Romans 1 through 3, honestly. I come to, came to church the last couple of months like, oh no. We gotta talk about some more dark stuff. But he had to go through it. You have to have the bad news before you get to the good news. Well, now it's as if Paul's saying, oh, wait, here it is. This justification is awesome. Look at how it impacts you here, and look at how it impacts you here, and here, and here. Well, that's what this passage is. For 11 verses, Paul's saying, this justification means something amazing to you. And here's how he starts it all off. He says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith. Therefore, obviously, is tying us back to what he said in the last couple chapters, since chapter 3, verse 21, on justification. He says, since we have been justified. Those five words mean a ton. I know some of you get into the original languages and the syntax, and you like dialing in. That's not for all of us. For those who do, this is what's known as a consumative aorist participle in the passive voice. Okay, what does that mean? Here's what it means. It indicates a one-time action completed by God with enduring results. Yes! Maybe you're not so excited. <laughs> All right, this is something that happens one time dynamically in the past, and it didn't happen because you did it. It's in the passive. It happened because God did it. God declared you righteous. But the amazing part of this whole structure is that it endures into the future. That's what we're talking about. Therefore, since you have been justified, another way of saying this participle is this, having been justified, done, a declaration of righteousness. Since you have been justified by all of your good works. Isn't that what it says? Absolutely not. Since you have been justified by faith. This is not by my insufficient human effort, but by faith in Christ's finished work. And so this entire 11 verses is starting off reminding us this is exactly what God did for you. Remember, all of these benefits, you did nothing to pay for them. You are a recipient of grace, not an earner of grace. And then he comes to these valuable benefits, and let's just, let's unpack them one at a time. I think you can kind of sift them down to five basic values. And last week I proposed four of them, and we just went to one of them. 
we're going to work through five of them, and, and you have homework this week, because we're definitely not going to be able to dig in super deep into all five of these. But go home and meditate on these five benefits, starting with this one, which is wonderful. If you look in verse one, we find out that we are no longer at war with God. How does Paul say this? Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why is this so awesome? Because this peace is not some euphoric, blissful, carefree, subjective feeling. I just feel that calm right now. That is not this word. This word peace is a dynamic, objective, certain reality. What is this reality? Here's what this reality is. There is now in your life an absence of the rage of war. The war with God is over. That's what it's talking about here. The rage and the war with God is over. And that's what's very clear about this. Peace with God. Remember that in justification we find appeasement of what? The wrath of God. And this is very clearly found in Romans 1. Remember, right after the theme verses of Romans 1, 16 and 17, how do we find this? For the wrath of God is revealed from uh, heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Okay, we need to remind ourselves, this isn't like the pretty little Sunday school story here. Hey, all you little kiddos, you're at war with God. <laughs> all you heathens who sin every day, God is angry with you. That's not the story we like to gravitate to, is it? That's the gospel, though. That when we're born into this world as sinners, we are at war with the creator of all life. Because of our sins, we are at war with God. I mean, if you doubt that, you can just go to the verses 9 and 10. I love the terminology. What? I mean, I don't love it for the fact that it's there, but I love how Paul says it. Verse 9. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from what? The wrath of God. Verse 10. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. And then this word I love, reconciled. What does this mean? It means the mending of a broken relationship. I think probably all of us have experienced this in some fashion in our own lives when we've had even family headaches going on. You know what I'm talking about. And then after some time through talks and all this stuff, you have this relationship mended. Okay? Obviously, this is to a much greater degree. We have a broken relationship because of the Garden of Eden and the sin of Adam. There's a broken relationship with the God of all creation. It is sin that has caused this. But then this word, God mended the relationship through Jesus Christ. Reconciliation. Okay, practically. 
Because we want to make this practical. What does that mean for you and for me today? What, what does this mean? Well, it means this. When we wake up in the morning, catch this, friends. If you are in Christ, if you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, when you wake up in the morning, you don't have to be afraid of God. I can tell you how much that means. I mean, yesterday, as we think about 9-11, when we think about the terrorist attack and the religion that undergirds this entire jihad mentality, what is this? It is, it is worshiping a God, all that is angry, soon angered, and doing something to appease this angry God on your own benefits. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you could never appease the wrath of God. The only way the wrath of God can be appeased is through Jesus going to the cross. And that's what Paul says here. What else does this mean when we're tempted with sin? And you will be tempted with sin this week. It's not an if, it's when. I mean, probably before you out, get out the doors here, you're going to be tempted over and over and over again. You know what it's like getting in the car on the way home from church when you try to discuss where you're going to eat lunch? You're going to be tempted. All of these sins of selfishness and these things that come up in our lives. Here's the fact. When you struggle with this temptation, you are no longer warring against God. You're warring against your flesh. And who's with you in this war against your flesh? God. The one at one time that you were warring against him, he is now warring for you against your flesh. When we get into Romans 6 through 8, when we get into chapter 12, we're going to see this come alive. God's Holy Spirit is placed in your life to now war your flesh, not war him. That's beautiful. Why? Because we have peace with God. We are his when we on occasion give in to that temptations in our car <laughs> about place to eat or the guy who cuts you off <laughs> and that, that anger comes out of our lives so quickly here's the fact of the matter you're not going to unleash the anger of God because of that sin why? because that sin has already been placed on Jesus on the cross my friends this means something to us this God of all grace has sent his son to appease his own wrath so now we can have a joyous relationship with him. When we pillow our heads at night, we don't have to fear his divine wrath through the middle of the night, this God who's going to stamp us out. No, he is our, he is our gracious father. Now, as we'll look later on in the book, because of this fact, our reasonable worship is that we do not be conformed to this world. That's Romans chapter 12. We'll get there in about five years. <laughs> but as we go through this, the amazing comfort for every single one of us in this room is that we are no longer personally at war with a holy God. Let's go to the next benefit clearly stated here. We have personal access to God's sustaining grace through him. We have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, Paul says. What is this? 
through this declaration of righteousness, we have a continual personal hearing with a God who desires to shower us with his sustaining grace in our time of need. Praise God! What passage comes to your mind right now? Maybe it's in Hebrews, the author of Hebrews. Remember this verse, Hebrews chapter 4? Let us then with confidence or boldness come before his throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. My friends, because we have been declared righteous, we have an audience with the King, with God Almighty, the creator and sustainer of all life, and he's listening. Think about how you would have processed this if you were a Jewish believer reading this. Okay, we want to put ourselves in this context. If you were a Jewish, Jewish reader and you're reading what Paul's saying, how would you have process this. Well, simply enough, no longer were you dependent on the ministry of the high priest in the Holy of Holies. No longer. You now have continual personal access into the presence of a gracious God who wants to help you stand strong through the brokenness of this world. This is beautiful. Practically, what does this mean, this access into God's grace? It is this. Through this declaration of righteousness, you now have regular access to God's sustaining grace. He is not the big man upstairs just waiting for you to mess up so he can pound on you like whack-a-mole. That is not this God. This God who placed his wrath on Jesus on the cross is the gracious Father who loves to shower the humble with the ability to stand strong for him. Okay, let's go to a third value. By the way, I, I, have, I, I, can't, I don't know if you understand how excited I've been to get to Romans 5. <laughs> I mean, it, it takes some time to process through how amazing this is, but the things that we're reading right now are dynamic. When you wake up in the morning, you're not at war with God. When you wake up in the morning, you have a God who is re ready to receive your petitions and sustain you by his grace. And here's another one. We can confidently rejoice in restored glory. Wow. Again, we find this word rejoice. We talked of this last week. The word rejoice in some of your um, translations will be said either glory or rejoice or even some of your translations will say boast in. That is the same word used three times in this passage. We can confidently transfer our boasting not to us but to God. We can glory in this. We can rejoice in this. And what can we rejoice in? Verse 2 through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope or in hope of the glory of God. Okay, why is this so important in the book of Romans? Well, because you have to realize that all of chapter 1 verses 21 through 23 show us that we have scorned God's glory as a natural man. To the point where you get to Romans chapter 3, verse 23, what does it say about God's glory? Well, you know, for all have sinned and fall short of the what? Glory of God. Through sin, we do not interact now with the glory of God. 
But now through justification, we can rejoice. Because once again, we are interacting with the glory of Almighty God. However, this really does look to the future. And there's a lot of discussion on this. What's the thought? This is talking about the fact that through justification, we have a confidence to rejoice, to boast into glory in the fact that we, all true believers, will enjoy future glory. This is great. Why is this so great? Because this God who has declared us righteous is going to sustain us to the end. <laughs> He's going to hold us up. Right now, maybe another verse is coming to mind we studied in the last two years in Philippians. Remember chapter 1, verse 6 of Philippians? Here's what, it's, what Paul states to this church. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, he will do what? He will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So when Paul is saying, you can now rejoice in the confident expectation, the hope, of glory. He's saying God is with you and he will be with you to the end. God will finish this. All right, so if you struggle with this concept of security in Jesus Christ, eternal security, you got to run to a passage like this. You got to run to the fact that what God starts, he will finish. He promises to do so. Every single true believer will persevere by God's sustaining grace until the end. And so we can now confidently rejoice in the fact that we will experience future glory. We'll see this come to life in some very familiar verses in Romans chapter 8. All right, let's go to the next benefit that he mentions here. By the way, I wasn't, I wasn't, joking when I said you have homework this week. <laughs> You're going to have to go through these and work through them because they're so good. Well, let's look at the fourth benefit. We talked of this last week, so I'm just going to touch and go on this one. We can courageously rejoice through suffering, or actually, as the text says, in suffering. Verse 3, would you just read verses 3 to 5 with me? Again, I'm not going to dig into these. We can, you can go back and listen to what we talked about last week, but here it is, verse 3. Not only that, but we rejoice. Again, we boast in, we glory in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put to shame. Why? Here it is, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Yes! You're not doing this on your own. All of that suffering and pain, those doubts, even for some of you in this very room who over the last two months have struggled through the symptoms of COVID and you're thinking, am I going to pull through this? Here's the fact that you have a God who's doing something in your life even through this. This is a God who is with you through this suffering and you doubt that you go to verse right here. Verse uh, five. Why? Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Even through our suffering, the point is this, that God is walking with us through this. He's got us. 
The Trinity has us. Because of justification, even through real life struggles in a broken world with sickness and pain and death, we can rejoice that God has a wonderful plan. He is doing all of this for his glory and our good, and he is working this plan perfectly. Okay, let's go to the fifth benefit. We can securely rejoice in God himself. Okay, this is kind of like the grand finale in my mind. Right? For since creation, the fall, there has been this worship that has happened. We have, you know, through the flow of redemptive history, worship happening. But it's this worship that's based on these stipulations especially as you look at the Old Testament worship through the law of Moses. But I'm going to tell you, Paul goes right to something here at the end of this justification talk. He says, let me tell you something. One of the greatest values of all of this justification is that you can truly, right now, deeply, authentically worship God. Paul says this, more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received reconciliation. There's that word again. Because justification has brought reconciliation, again, that mending of a relationship, we can now, brothers and sisters in Christ, catch this. We can come on a Sunday morning and we can sing Amazing Grace, my chains are gone. (laughs) And get in your car. And when you're tempted to argue about the place you're going to eat lunch today, you can sing Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. You can rejoice in this God. Because justification has brought reconciliation, we can now authentically, intimately, wholeheartedly worship God every moment of every day. This is what uh, Guy Morris, his commentator, says. This is the spontaneous exuberance of the Christian life. You can worship. You can sing in the rain. The pain you're going through right now, you can worship God through this. The brokenness of the Romans 1 through 3 world that we're still here experiencing, even though we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, we still rub shoulders with brokenness every day. But even in that, we can still worship. We don't have to wait till Romans chapter 19 through 21 when we gather, and even Romans 4, all the way, oh, sorry, Revelation. Revelation at the end of the story. Not Romans, Revelation. We have to wait till that till we praise God. We can praise God now. We can wholeheartedly worship Him. Through justification, uh, by the way, another guy, I love this, another commentator, commentator says, this is the capstone of the believer's experience. <laughs> you can worship God no matter how good or bad your voice is you can worship God right here, right now through justification we can truly boast, glory, rejoice in God himself we can wholeheartedly proclaim this to God be the glory, great things he has done because of justification and now, sort of like but right before the grand finale you have this It's like Paul couldn't contain himself anymore. And I love these three verses because you kind of go through this passage and you're like, how do those fit? Well, I think this is how they fit. Paul is simply reminding us that 
This is the amazement of these valuable benefits. Let me remind you one more time how amazing this is, Paul says. Can I just remind you? And here's what he says. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in while we were still what? Sinners. Christ died for us. What is the, amazing, the amazement of these benefits, my brothers and sisters in Christ? Here it is. This, this justification is not for cleaned up people. <laughs> it's not for people who have their life all in order. It's not for strong people, or as Paul says in 1 Corinthians, not for strong people, mighty people, or super smart people, or privileged people. It's not for people of rank or status. God has given the benefits of the just, this justification to the weak, to the ungodly, to the sinners. And as we have navigated through the book of Romans, it's unquestionably clear that every single one of us have been weak, ungodly, and sinners. We are that apart from Jesus Christ. So what? Let's wrap this up today. God has given the benefits of justification to the weak, to the ungodly, to the reconciled sinners by his grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And so this, do we truly celebrate this? Do we fully live this out? You know what it's like. Okay, so we keep referring to Monday morning. But what happens on that Monday morning? Everything happens to try to distract you from remembering this. That God in his grace has brought you into full relationship through Jesus Christ. I believe this passage is meant to overwhelm us with wonder. Honestly. I mean, this week, thinking through this, just, you know, the response is, no way. <laughs> no way, really? God did this for me? How could God do this for me, a sinner? He did this. And brothers and sisters in Christ, I think that's the approach that we are to embrace every single day that we live on this earth is how did God do this? How could God do this for me? It is all of his grace. So the question is this, are you overwhelmed with wonder at this? Wonder that you are reconcile, a reconciled sinner who is no longer at war with God Wonder that you are a reconciled sinner who has personal access to God's sustaining grace today? Is there wonder in your life that you are a reconciled sinner who can confidently rejoice in future glory? Is there wonder that you are a reconciled sinner who can courageously rejoice through suffering and sickness and death? 
Is there wonder in your life that you are a reconciled sinner who can securely rejoice in God himself? This week, my brothers and sisters in Christ, will you truly and will you humbly celebrate this? Will you live this out every single day? So that's our prayer, Father. That you'd give us grace to live out this wonder. That you're a gracious Father. That you sustain us by your grace. That you give us the opportunity to rejoice in future glory. That you have given us the opportunity to rejoice in suffering. And that you have given us the opportunity to rejoice in you. Thank you. My friends here today with your heads bowed, your eyes closed potentially in prayer. I don't want to take for granted that every single one of us, even though we've been on this journey through Romans, that every single one of us has come into saving faith, come into relationship with God through saving faith. There may be some here today that have been wrestling with this for some time. I would encourage you with this. Don't delay. Don't wait. This very day, September 12th, 2021, would you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Would you be the beneficiary of these wonderful values of justification that we talked about today? be several of us waiting around today at the end, several elders, chaplains, several will be standing here at the front, and if you have doubts, if you have questions about your standing with God, I would encourage you, don't delay. Talk through this, think through this, study with scripture through this my prayer is that you will put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ today. There's others of us in this room, I would think maybe a majority, I would hope, who have come to Jesus Christ and saving faith. You have been justified by the blood of the Lamb, but you know what it's like, all those distractions in your life, necessary as they may be. That wonderful gift that you've received through Jesus Christ, has that lost its wonder to you? Or can you leave this, this building today rejoicing that you're no longer at war with God? That He's ready to shower you with His sustaining grace? That you can rejoice in future glory? That He will finish? What he started, he will finish. You can rejoice in the suffering you're going through right now and that you can truly worship God through all of this. Maybe a simple prayer today is, God, please remind me of how amazing your grace is. 
so thankful, God, that you gave us the opportunity to study Romans 5 today. What a wonderful text. And I pray that we'll take this home with us. We'll live it out all week. That we'll rejoice in the relationship that we have with you through Jesus Christ. Through the darkness of Romans chapter 1 through 3, we have the brilliance of chapters 4 and 5. And so I pray today, Father, that we would not lose the wonder of our salvation. Thank you for declaring us righteous through Jesus Christ. Let us go today rejoicing. As we get into our car, let us worship. And thank you for everything you've done for us through Jesus Christ. And it is in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.